Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back into the Sports Bar. It's Danger and Bataglia live from Buffalo Bills training camp, day three of camp. Another practice uh, in the books. Elena Getzenberg covering the team for ESPN's NFL Nation, ESPN.com. Well hydrated after a very hot and muggy day on the practice field today. Elena, how are you? Oh, I'm great. I prefer this. I'll take the hot versus the rain yesterday. Really? Like I thought, because I couldn't write in my notebook, and yeah. I'm like... Ah, it's so it was so like humid after. So while it's very hot today, I prefer this. And it was tomorrow's a day off, so I'm I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> I it, I thought day one was funny because Elena threw Sean McDermott a lifeline. Somebody put the question in Sean McDermott: What's your favorite part about Rochester? And okay, you know, like that's it, that's kind of a question you're putting the coach on the spot. And you said, hey, talk about the milkshakes. Is that your favorite part of my, Rochester? Uh, Probably. Uh, <laughs> he always talks about, like, he's mentioned multiple times that he's a chocolate milkshake guy. So I was like, he was, like you said, he was kind of like, oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, well, like, what ice cream do you like? So, like, I enjoy Pittsburgh dairy very much. It's definitely high on my list. I just got some chocolate milk, actually. So very good. Mm. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about it. But, yes, I'm always happy to save people with ice cream questions. All That's right. my go-to. So We have so much to get to from our first three days of camp, and I want to get your, your thoughts on a wide variety of things. Can we start with day one? Because I think going into day one, when we heard from Sean McDermott early, uh, practice happens after practice, I kind of thought we would hear from Steph Diggs uh, on the first day of camp just to clear the air and just to make what was a story a non-story moving forward. What was your overall impression of Steph Diggs and his press conference from earlier this week? He is what I think I've come to expect from Stefan Diggs in a press conference. And I say by that, like, he is someone who it is not always his favorite activity to yeah. speak to the media. But when he does, I find him to be typically pretty honest. Um, and, like, he's not afraid to say, like, like last year we had a whole conversation with him about, like, he's a dramatic guy. Like, he wants the football. You know, that's part of his personality. And, like, when you see him on the sideline having animated conversations, he told us that's kind of like, I'm that kind of guy. That's just who I am. And I think on was it Wednesday? Yeah. The days put together. Yes, they do. Wednesday. Um, I found that to be the same. I thought he was honest. I thought, you know, there were some things left unsaid in terms of what those actual conversations were. But I do think he cleared up some of it and kind of shared his perspective in a way that I thought was productive. I mean, all of this, I think we can agree, was a little overblown because of Sean McDermott's initial comments and then everything right. that followed from that. So I thought it was it was he did a fine job and I think it answered some questions and didn't answer some others but I thought overall it was it clear, uh, we're moving forward like and he they said that multiple times and I just think I think it's going to unfortunately get brought up whenever something happens on the sideline during the season but like overall to me as someone who covers this team every day I 
there's way bigger things going on. Yeah, I mean, there is going to be that recall. Lena Getzenberg, our guest, and we still don't know what that was uh, until this day. But when we get to that part of the postseason, we've had this kind of debate. Is it a pass-fail for the Buffalo Bills this year if they don't get to the Super Bowl? Is the season a failure? And we put it in the context of... Giannis Antetokounmpo, who, hey, there you're a one seed, and you're talking about how it's not a failure. Well, yeah, it kind of is. What's your opinion on that? I think we had this exact conversation last year, too, and I think I said I thought it would be a fail. I think it was, I said it would be a failure last season if they did not reach the Super Bowl. And I think it's interesting because then now sitting here today, I don't view last season as a failure for the Buffalo Bills, but they also went through incredibly unique circumstances that like we couldn't have predicted sitting here last July and all of that I I guess failure is an interesting word to your point where it's like what does that connotate and stuff I think the bar for this team is reaching the Super Bowl like I think if they don't reach the Super Bowl they fell short of what they can do I don't know if I guess failure is a tricky word when we get down to it but I mean that's what they should you know that's this team, Stefan Diggs talked about it. We've talked about it with Von Miller. I mean, it's come up a lot now, Jordan Boyer. Like, there's a window. A window. Like, we yeah. are in a yeah. point where, like, there are a lot of guys on this team who are above the age of 30, and they're key, key, key members of this football team. I mean, they brought in Von Miller to win a Super Bowl. That's There's no question about that. So I think it is the bar they need to reach. And I don't know if I'll say it's a failure if they don't, but I think it's not reaching what they can do and falling short of of something very tangible and that they're capable of reaching that. Elena, you mentioned Jordan Poyer, who uh, spoke earlier today, uh, Micah Hyde as well. I mean, these guys both over 30, both in the late stages of their career. You bring in a guy like Taylor Rapp. You have Damar Hamlin on the mend. Do you get the sense that given the experience that both Rapp and Hamlin have in the Bills' defensive secondary, that you could see more of them on the field just to give Poyer and Hyde a little bit of a break from time to time? It's a long season. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's nice to say that. Like, I think I, as, like, I think that would be smart. I think, especially with, I mean, how many injuries did Jordan Poyer have last year? He, like, rattled them off today, and it was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about, like, the foot, you know, because it was, like, so, he had so many. But I think, it's maybe unrealistic to actually like that Sean McDermott will actually do that. We see them rotate the defensive line so much and they're so deep there. But I just think in these games, they're going to have a hard time taking Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde off the field because they're the back of that defense. And I think we're seeing there's no certainty at that number two corner spot. I think, you know, they need those guys back there. So I could see maybe some in there if games are out of reach and like that kind of thing, but I don't think it's going to get that rotating back there. How are things going to be different? Do you think with Sean McDermott calling the plays? That's the, the, the magic question, right? And is, is that going to take his eye off the ball and other things, Elena? That's the part I'm most interested in. I think from a defensive perspective, it's ignorant to think that like he didn't have his hand on this defense, like the past, however, you know, since 2017 to think that like, Sean McDermott, a guy who's like steep, deep in defense, like just let Leslie Frazier like like and, had no hand and in from it. From what we can tell, a control freak as <laughs> right? well. Right? Yes, I mean, exactly. Put that on top of it. Uh, totally. So to like think that like this defense just like went and had no Sean McDermott didn't have a say in it, didn't impact it. Like I think that that's just not true. So I don't know from a defensive perspective, it'll be different, but like probably not to the extent that like you'll the average fan will really notice much. Um, but from a coaching standpoint, that's game day. I think that'll be interesting because, you know, 
challenges, timeouts, like uh, often that's on offense, but like on defense when he's also calling the plays, juggling both of those things, that to me is going to be interesting because it's a, the game management thing is a key part of being a head coach and we don't know how he'll handle that. So uh, preseason game one, he like talked about, you know, that'll be something he'll be doing. So that's what I'll be keeping an eye on in terms of that transition. Elena Getzenberg of ESPN joining us in the sports bar danger and Bataglia live from Buffalo Bills training camp at St. John Fisher University. It's a training camp that has no shortage of position battles and we know you're tracking all of them. Can we start with what's going on at linebacker? Tremaine Edmonds is not going to be an easy person to replace. Uh, we saw Terrell Dodson. Uh, on day one, we saw Terrell Bernard get some shots. Day two, what did you see today on the practice field, and how do you think that middle linebacker position is uh, is shaping up here for the Bills? It was Bale Inspector Day today. It was. <laughs> they're rotating it. They're really when they said they're going to give guys opportunities, they're they're doing just that, you know. So I mean, it's clear to me that Tyrell clearly has the leg up because he started day one at that middle linebacker spot, but. They're giving guys opportunities. You can't argue with that. I think they've made it pretty clear pads coming on are going to be when that position really gets underway. I do think it tend. I tend to think it's closer between Tyrell and Terrell Bernard for that job. But they're they're giving guys opportunities. We've seen a lot of rotation there. Dorian Williams uh, is not. He's been playing outside linebacker um, with the second, third team units. So, like, I think a lot of people, because he was drafted highly, like, maybe threw him in that mix. But right now, I'd say, you know, Balen Spector getting snaps with the first team defense today was interesting. But to me, it's between the other two mostly. It's funny. We we talked to Chris Trapasso from CBS Sports, who covers uh, draft and prospects and, and knows all of these guys as they're coming into the league. And we asked him point blank physically, which one of the three is best suited for that role. And his answer was actually Balen Spector. So what would you think they need to see out of Balen Spector this preseason? I'm imagining that he's going to have to get some reps in game and really, and he looked good in the preseason last year. Is, is, is there enough that he can do? Is there enough wow in his game this preseason that we could see a shock and a guy come out of nowhere in Balen Spector that could claim that role? He almost had an interception today. He had like a, he was, he's played well today. Like, I don't think it was like he played poorly. Um, I mean, I think the interesting thing about this position is you're call, you're the quarterback of the defense. This isn't like a casual position they're filling in here where it's like, oh, you know, he'll grow over time and all that. They need someone who can go day one and communicate, have that green dot on their helmet and play that like organizational role on top of everything else. That's Matt Milano's not doing that. It's the Mike linebacker who's really filling that spot. So I think they will need to see that. I think that'll be a key component, that leadership, that communication. Like you have to play the position well, but you also have to be able to communicate with your teammates so for me if he can do that really well and stand out that'll be where he'll get an opportunity uh is Kyrie Elam behind where he should be in terms of year number two the fact that this corner two position is pretty wide open here Elena I think you can say that I think he was a first round pick last year that they traded up for and the fact that I would have him behind both Christian Benford and Dane Jackson based on what we've seen out there and the first team reps that they're getting um I think that's not a great sign in terms of value you're putting on draft picks. I think you would want in his second year your first round pick to be closer to like earning that starting job and I just think everything they've said he's just not quite gra- getting that hold on it that they'd like him to so it's yeah, I, I, I think he's not where you would want your first round pick to be from last year. And it's, I mean, they've got guys on this roster. Christian Benford's a great story. I mean, he's playing well and they clearly have confidence, you know, in him to maybe take that job. He had a great camp last year. I remember we talked about. So, yeah, I mean, right now he, I would put him behind Dane Jackson and Christian Benford. And I think he's really got to make some steps. 
Uh, Elena, the, the uh, camp battle uh, and positional battle at right guard is less sexy than what we've been describing, but Osiris Torrance, as a rookie, is coming in and making an impact or trying to make an impact. What have you uh, taken away from that camp battle? Well, yeah, we just don't talk about that one as much. Our offensive line is just not like a fun, fun position right. to talk the area to talk about, I guess. That's an interesting one, too, because I think they don't need him to start right away. Like, I think that's the flexibility, like, with someone like Osiris, who, like, he can grow into it because that they added depth in the interior of the offensive line. But he got some opportunities with the first-team offense today. And, you know, we've seen Ryan Bates, obviously, over there as well. So that's an interesting one in the sense that, like, they've invested a lot in Ryan Bates as well. So whoever wins that is someone that they've put a lot into. So I think positive for both those. That's ones I think that one we'll, we'll see shake out. But I think there's not, like, a push for Osiris to start right away, which I think is a good thing because – like with Kair, I think there was that pressure to be good quickly. And Osiris, I think, has more flexibility there. Elena Getzenberg, ESPN, ESPN.com, NFL Nation reporter, our guest here. As far as the running back position goes, is this more of James Cook? Or are we going to kind of spread it out where we'll see Damian Harris and Latavius Murray and whoever knows? How do you see that kind of divvying up? I think it's James Cook season. I think it's. Uh, I uh, think his production is going to go up in a big way. There's not really the Naheem and Hines injury is interesting because you look at Latavius Murray, you look at Damian Harris. Those are bigger backs. They're not built like Naheem or James, and like they're not going to pass catch and like kind of shift. Or, you know, like they're not going to be able to do all of that. So I think it's. I mean, they, from even talking to Ken Dorsey yesterday, he mentioned like three down back vibes with James Cook. So. To me, it's it's his job, and then I wouldn't be surprised if it's similar like Devin Singletary was clearly the main back, and then, you know, Zach Moss, when he was here, got opportunities. But, like, to me, it's James Cook, and then the other guys will get reps, but this is James Cook's room, really. Elena, how, are you surprised at just how much they've been using Dalton Kincaid through three days of practice? No. I know. I think they drafted Dalton Kincaid for a reason. Like, I, they wanted, they've been missing something in this offense. We, I mean, it's all, last season it was like something in the second half of the year just wasn't right. They didn't have quite the weapons they needed to. And while there was like a lot of lack on social media when Ken Dorsey said in the spring that he didn't know how exactly they were going to use Dalton Kincaid, they know how they're going to, you know, like they do have an idea of how they're going to use Dalton Kincaid and he is going to be a key part of this offense. And they were really excited about him for a reason and invested in the tight end position for a reason. And I think there, there's a lot they think they can do with Dalton Kincaid. And we're seeing that three days into camp. So, Elena, the positive conversation, 13 and three last year, a lot of talent on this team. A lot of people are picking either the Jets or the Dolphins to win the division. Does this add up in your mind? Or is just kind of the world, like, tired of Buffalo and we're on to the next thing here? Can this team actually use this as motivation? For sure. And I'm sure Sean McDermott's going to pin that to a board and be like, look, they all hate you, you know? Like, they're all picking against you. Hate strong. But, uh, yeah, I think it's, you know, people like to see Aaron Rodgers. That's it. I mean, the Jets... I think are going to be really good this year. I think the Aaron Rodgers thing's interesting. I think the Dolphins can be really good this year. But I do think there's like, it's the hot team, right? Like last year, everyone was picking the Bills because it was the hot team to pick. And I think we see these trends where people like, ooh, the Dol-, you know, like that they hang on to things. It doesn't mean that the Bills are like, I think the Bills are going to be really good this year. They have a they have a very good chance of winning this division again. I think that's real. It's not that different of a team from last year. They didn't make that many changes. So, yeah, I think it's people like change, people like something new, and that the division got better. I think that's, that is very much so true. They have t- 
toughest competition since, you know, the Bills have been on this streak of winning. This is the toughest division they're going to face. And, like, you know, who knows with the Patriots? I don't rule out Bill Belichick. You just never know with him. But it's such a tough division that a couple injuries, you know, that kind of thing. And I think people are factoring in the age with the Bills, which is new. Because you didn't used to think, like, oh, this roster is older. Like, that yeah. wasn't a thing for a while. But now, like, like we talked about, you look at the stars of this team, a lot of them are 30-plus. And that is a factor in. I mean, when's Von Miller going to play? <laughs> he thinks he's going to play, you know, like, tomorrow. That's not true. Like, you know, it's just, like, there's these factors that come in with this team now that age and, you know, things are competition around them stronger that weren't there before. And I think that's a component in it. So, Elena, no practice tomorrow. We're three practices in. What are you going to do with your day off? And what are you working on that we can check out at ESPN.com? I'm going to sleep. All right. <laughs> We're going to sleep. I'm going to sleep in my own bed back in Buffalo. I love the dorms here, but it's nice to be in your own bed. Did you decorate yours the way Catherine Fitzgerald decorated hers? It's so some real college vibes she, going on with her. She does the whiteboard on her door. Yeah. She goes a little more full, and she did bring us these little tents for reading on your bed where it's like hers has dinosaurs on it, and mine has um, some snowflakes and stuff so we're we are embracing the college life we run down the hall and i'm like hey i have something to tell you which is lovely so (laughs) we are really embracing the college lifestyle um but no and then just uh camp observations every day on espn.com that was a bad transition but i don't know how to transition from snowflakes in my dorm room um uh yeah and going to be writing out a bunch of different stuff um damar hamlin covers some stories coming up um stuff with kair elam got a got a few things in the works that we've got going on but every day training camp observations from all 32 teams that include the bills so it's been they're keeping us busy this team will always keep us busy so there will always be new things to write about all right so elena the offer still remains on the table. Last year, we were trying to line up the plate, and it was Talbot Perino. We went out, had a good time. Talbot loved it. Perino hated it. Perino is saying, I want, I want to try, but you better bring me bring the best. So no pressure, but when you're ready to try the plate, let us know. I would, I'm ready. I think it's time. I really... I. I'm ready. That's what I have to say. I don't know if, like, Matt Perino, I don't trust his food takes. And, like, I've told him this many times. Yeah. But, like, so I don't know. Like, him not liking it really is meaningless to me ah, because he wow. doesn't like mac and cheese. So, like, which is hell of whatever. But, so, I will try it. And I would look forward to doing so. All right, so. We've got a couple more weeks out here. This oh, camp, yeah. camp's just getting underway. It feels like we've been here for like a year already, and it's like no three days. So. It's going to be great. Elena, I really appreciate you giving us some of your time. Enjoy your day off tomorrow. We'll see Thank you back you. at camp on Sunday. Thanks for having me. Perino doesn't like mac and cheese <laughs> out of fear it might mess up his hair. <laughs> oh, that's great stuff from uh-huh. Elena Getzenberg, our friend from ESPN covering the Buffalo Bills. Sounds like we have to do this the right way. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm thinking uh, West Side. You can't go wrong with the West Side. I'm saying Stevie T's. That's right. Yeah, that's right. We we do it the right way. We we go out. We have a couple cocktails. We keep it safe. We get a driver, and we 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 end up at our spot. Light dinner that night. Light, if no dinner at all. Mm. All right. Uh, we you have to strategize. You have to have a strategy in place. I think Elena understood what we were saying with that. I think she's in. 
I think she's in. So we'll uh, keep you updated on our quest for plates here uh, in the Flower City with our buddy Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot and certainly Elena, part of that crew as well. Uh, it's it's always fun to have the uh, out-of-towners just kind of come in and explore. Well, Chris Pasco was asking about some of the great places around this neighborhood. My, yeah. my buddy Ross and his, his joint label 7 uh, right there on, on the canal in Pittsburgh. Of course, everybody talks about Pittsburgh Dairy. You can't go wrong with 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 that you can't go wrong with aladdin's down there so I mean, lots of great places here in, in around uh bill's training camp for the out-of-towners to check out take in yeah so we uh yeah i feel like we're like the uh, visitors bureau here i think we can kind of <laughs> bring people around we're your and, trusted source yeah. for all things rochester here in the sports bar all right we've got to come back next speaking of chris Trapasso, he's joining us next we had the chance to catch up with him after practice uh, earlier today, and that conversation is coming up. Before we get there, let me slide this in. Um, Zach Taylor, head coach of Cincinnati, just spoke, says it's going to be several weeks before Joe Burrow is back. We're on not going to see him this preseason. I mean, we shouldn't see him this uh, The way I hear several weeks, that leaves in question week one. I think you won't hear or see Joe Burrow on a football field until Joe Burrow gets his contract extension. I think that the two aren't necessarily intertwined. The injury is the injury. The contract situation is the contract situation. Joe Burrow shouldn't set foot on a football field again until he gets his money. Do you subscribe to the theory that Lamar Jackson wasn't on the football field because of the contract last Of course. Year? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely 100%. And these guys, there's their loyalty is to their future and their financial stability. And uh, you know what? We, we talk about the shelf life of an NFL player. Get what you can get while you can get it. It goes against some of the, you know, the, the, what we talk about in the team and football first, and, and I want to be there for my team. You heard Jordan Poyer earlier talking to Micah Hyde talking about how much they can't wait to get on the field. They don't want to be on the field. We just asked Elena, hey, do you think there'll be a rotation? She's emphatically, no, they're going to be on the field. Those guys don't want to cede any reps to anybody. If they're healthy, they're on that field. And, and that is becoming more and more rare in the NFL because it's about the money. It's about getting yours while you can get it. So if I'm Joe Burrow and I do indeed have a calf strain, that's fine. I have a calf strain that's going to keep me sidelined. And by the way, while I'm sidelined, let's hammer out that deal now so that when I get on the field, we're all good. Watch Bengal, the, Bengals would be wise to say, all right, what did we? What did Herbert get? All right, here's $10 more. Watch the dysfunction of Cincinnati rear its head. Watch the dysfunction oh, of Cincinnati. I have seven. heard so many times they're not dysfunctional. Gene. Watch, you don't understand. Watch, watch them do it the wrong way. Just watch. They haven't been in the situation, whatever. They don't do right. They'll 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 botch it. Some watch, just watch. If they do it right, I'll be shocked. It was like what we were saying about the uh, Angels earlier in the week. Like when they do something right. It's shocking. Like they, they, they don't do the right thing. They no. do the wrong thing. Now they're they're loading up for this run for you know being three games short of the wild. Now, yeah, now yeah, yeah. I will listen to this. If 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 you have any hope, any hope at all in, in keeping Shohei Otani as an LA Angel, you have to show him that you're going to do everything you can to get to the postseason. And if you make that run and you do get into the postseason, now your chances of him actually staying next season are greater than they were if you just said, nah, we're going to pull up stakes, call it a season, Shohei. Uh, good luck at free agency, buddy. I think they do genuinely they'd be crazy not to want to keep him. But if you want to at least in good faith tr- you know, try to be competitive with the other teams that are going to be bidding for his services, you have to show him that you're willing 
to make the sacrifices you need to make to win, get the players mm. you need to make to be competitive. So I get what they're doing, um, but but you know that being said, I would also say that trading Shohei instead of losing him for nothing, um, you have to make the postseason. Now you're all in. You have to make the postseason if you're the Angels. Otherwise, you're losing everything, uh, yeah. including Shohei for nothing. I All right, will, I will report to you on the Angels tomorrow. Danger. Very good. Yeah, I never that's thought right. I would pay to see LA Angel baseball, but here we are. That's ah, good. You're gonna have a great yeah. time. Uh, all right, let's get to Chris Paso. He's joining us next in the Sports Bar conversation with the CBS Sports Draft Analyst from earlier today. Coming up next, live from St. John Fisher University. It's the Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia on the Fan Rochester. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.